Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. Welcome back, tree lovers. We have a special treat for you today. It's our first ever two-part episode. This week, we're joined by Dash Skank. He is a district manager in the Portland, Oregon area, and he's going to tell us 10 of the biggest mistakes that homeowners make with their trees. Dash, was it tough to come up with 10, or was it pretty easy to come up with 10? I I know from, from hosting the podcast, I've got four of them in my head, but then I was thinking, I wonder what's next. Yeah, I mean, the first like six to seven, I thought were pretty cut and dry. But those last three, uh, it, it took some brainstorming to get. But uh, I did come up with 10. Now, whether they're good, that's to be determined. So how did you want to start? Did you want to start with your number one or your number 10? Should we do it like Letterman top 10 list? Or how do you want to do it? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if I put them in any particular order. I think it was just the first ones came my med, my my mind. But they, yeah, we could just start at like the very first one I thought of, and I think it's probably the most obvious is uh, topping. Ugh. Customers or homeowners top trees a lot. You know, I, I was doing a, a virtual class the other day, and somebody was asking me for information about pruning a spruce. And I started to tell the standard thing, well, you need to have a certified arborist come out. And then they started telling me, yeah, I was getting too tall. And, you know, so let's talk about why that is such a bad thing to do, because both of us actually spend a lot of our time saying never top a tree. Yeah, it's it's just not the just like you, I get a lot of people who say that exact same thing to me. Oh, it's just getting too tall. It's getting too big. And, you know, living in the Pacific Northwest where there's, you know, really tall fir trees, it's just kind of hard for the course if you live up here. But I have to explain to people that a tall tree isn't necessarily a dangerous tree or an unhealthy, or you know, especially not an unhealthy tree. And then I just have to walk them back on, you know, why I first have to resolve their fears. Like, why are you so fearful of a tall tree? You know, is it, um, you know, oftentimes they don't even know why they want to top the tree. They just think it needs to be done. So sometimes yeah, I can back them off that ledge pretty easily, but it's just most of the time it's just, you know, it's just unhealthy for the tree. It's not what the tree is intended to grow like. And if, you know, certain types of trees, you're going to get response growth that is, counterproductive of what you're trying to accomplish so you know just educating people on the tree's health and and what it's supposed to be and then how a tall tree is not necessarily a dangerous tree usually is the route that i go and it's always going to want to reach its genetic height and width right yeah right always yeah it's it's it's, it's gonna grow it's gonna do what it does and i i specifically tell people when we're pruning trees like let's not try to fight nature you know, let's not try to make it become something that it doesn't want to be because we're going to lose in the end. <laughs> yeah. Don't try and fight Mother Nature. What's number two on the list? Uh, planting too deep. Uh-huh. Trees are always planted too deep. And I think no fault to to homeowners on this one, because oftentimes we see trees from the nursery already too deep 
in the pot that they come in or in the in the sack or the in the crate it's just there's just too much soil on it and they think they you know they get a tree right from the nursery and they put it right to grade where it is but they don't realize that there's probably one or two inches of too much soil on it and you got to find that crown so that's all that's that's a super common problem planting way too deep well you're right and it not being the homeowner's fault because even with my experience of spending 30 years as a gardener it wasn't until the last couple years when i started working with arborists that i realized that we could come from the nursery too deep and and you know that just takes a little bit of education when you're selling somebody a tree yeah yeah i i really wish the nurseries i, don't, I mean i don't know what they do but it, it does seem like most of the trees we get from any nursery is just there's just too much soil to begin with and and uh, homeowners just haven't been properly educated even how to plant it. And so, you know, it's a really quick and easy fix. And just explaining to them that crown, we want to see that root crown. You know, it's like a light bulb goes off in the homeowner's mind. And, is you no, know, it's a mistake they'll never make again. So I recently planted a dogwood as part of a service at a, a park. And I'm telling you, it was in a one-gallon or two-gallon pot. I'm saying maybe six inches we had to go down to find that kind of root crown, root flare. If you could, real quick, just explain what we want to see when we're planting a tree, how that that root crown or root flare should look. Yeah, it's the it's the transition from the trunk to the root ball. And the flare is just that. It, you know, you if you imagine like a telephone pole just comes straight down, does the diameter doesn't change too much, but right, right when it starts to go into the roots. It starts to widen out and kind of you almost like the, you know, it's starting to flatten out and the fingers are starting to reach. You want to see that transition, that little bit of, of diameter or start to grow. And then that's, that's it. That's the grade that you put that right at the grade, that transition where the trunk's not covered by soil and the roots are under the ground. You know, that's the sweet spot. And what can happen when a tree is planted too deep? Well, the, the most obvious thing is just not going to thrive. You know, it's just not going to do as well as it could. And over time, you can get the problems like, you know, simply root rot. You know, too much moisture on the trunk of the tree cause root problems, root rot, those things like that. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> what's even more frustrating is, is when people backfill already healthy established trees, you know, when they backfill it and put all that soil up against the trees because they want to make an ornamental bed around or something you know, my, my sister did this and I, she didn't care about my opinion apparently, but I told her, don't do that. <laughs> you did anyways. So that's really frustrating is, is when people backfill uh, soil up onto the trees. Don't you hate it? When, my son is volcano mulching. <laughs> yeah. Your sister is not doing that right with that tree. That drives me crazy. Oh, yeah. We're, we know what we're talking about. It's so frustrating. Right? So, all right what's next what's next on the list uh it has to do with planting too but it's the wrong tree in the wrong place so this is a in the pacific northwest like portland area and vancouver uh washington they they love their hedges up here and they they and people are always trying to accomplish that green screen between them and their neighbors and one of the biggest mistakes that I see all the time is people will plant cypress trees right next to the fence, like three feet apart. And these trees are monster trees. They're, 
they get huge and they just have a wall of cypress trees. And then of course, 20 years later, they want to know like there's, you know, they've grown out 15, 20 feet in their property. They're breaking the fence up. They're over their neighbor's property and their neighbor can't stand these trees because they reach into their property and they're shading out their grass. It's just like, it's just the wrong tree in the wrong spot. And I, you see it all too often, too close to homes, big trees that are growing way too close to homes. And, uh, you know, I just, they look good when they're small, but there needs to be some forethought, you know, 20 years down the road. Well, you know, I, I know that we both feel the same way when we drive by new construction and we see something put in place and you and I know that in five years, like you said, Hey, this looks great right now, but in five years, all the money you spent on that plant, you, you, you know, if you don't move it now, you're probably going to lose it. Uh, and that's just, it's, it's very sad for me when I drive by places like that. Yeah. That, and that goes right into my next point is over planting that, and that kind of goes hand in hand. Like landscape developers, for some reason, and new development, just exactly what you're saying. It's overplanting. Just not only is it the wrong tree in the wrong spot, but there's too many of them. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> they look good when they're small and they're, you know, like five feet tall. And they, you know, but man, the future of those trees, there's just, there's just not a lot. And so that's, that's, that's hard, you know. You get to the properties and be like, yeah, let's remove these because we need space for these other ones. I think it's the sort of kind of instant gratification of, you know, pulling up to this new house and seeing like, wow, but that wow is going to turn to wow in five years. It's going to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what's next on your list? These are good. Oh, thanks. Uh, the next one on my list is just improper pr pruning or heading cuts. So often, you know, our homeowners will have a problem with the tree because whether, you know, maybe it's too close to the driveway or too close to the house and they need to cut it back and they'll just go out there with their shears or a saw or something and they just start cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and they, you know, they leave the, the stuff. They just don't know. They're just not educated enough to know where to cut and how to cut. And it's not, you know, we can usually achieve the goals they want, whether it be clearance and make nice, clean, proper cuts. And so, uh, yeah, that's just, that's, that's a big one that we see. It's just, you know, incorrect, improper cuts. And it's usually just stubbing, stubbing branches out. Do you find it easy or hard to teach someone the right way to do it? If you show them, do they usually get it? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's easy to understand the concept. Like, we always cut it back to a lateral, you know, that is an easy concept to understand. But of course, the it's a lot more artistic than that when you're actually doing it. And that's where the experience comes in, because then, you you know, you can make the proper cuts, but it may not look that great. And that's why the pros can make proper cuts and also make it look good at the same time. Dash, I'm so excited that you said artistic, because a few episodes back, I I said pruning was science and art and i got corrected and said it was science and a craft and so i'm i'm so excited to hear the word art <laughs> i i think it is because you know like uh, when you look at a tree especially our really good pruners i mean they look at a tree and we give them a list of to-dos we need to accomplish these goals and of course 
that has to look good in the end because people want their trees to look good. It's not, it's not just satisfying the needs, but they want a beautiful looking tree. And it takes someone with a certain eye and a certain experience to, to do all those things and get a really beautiful end project. And it's not, it's not easy to do The concept is easy to learn. The proper pruning is easy to learn, but in practice, making it look really, really good and natural. That's where that little artistic eye comes. In. I, I think it's an artistic eye. I love it. How many, how many have we gone through now and how many more do we have to go? What's next? We got five down. All right. Halfway so there. Five, down, five more. What's yeah. next? Uh, that would be like t timing. Like oh. when it comes to pruning, the timing on certain trees is really important. And so um, I guess the best example is there are a lot of people in the in this area, at least where we work for, that have like small little orchards, maybe like two or three apples, a pear, some, you know, you know, they have their little orchard cherry trees. And um, it's really, really important to do the pruning at the right time. And, and that's always in the dormant season, right in the wintertime, right before it starts to bud out. And so that that's always something that we, you know, we tell people um, it, it, we have to give some responsibility to the to the homeowner of knowing when their trees need to be pruned so that they can call us to get us to come out there to do it. Because we're not quite, you know, it's not like an automatic thing. We just don't put it on the calendar every year that we're going to come out on January 2nd and prune your trees, you know, because things change a lot in a year. And so people need to be aware that timing is really important and uh, specifically with like fruit trees. Well, I'll give you a good example. There's this guy that hosts the uh, Talking Trees podcast <laughs> and he had this arborist from Davy come out for one tree. And then after hosting and talking to one of the other arborists in the podcast said, I better have him back out for a safety check. Because when I started looking up, <laughs> we need a safety check. And so... Uh, arborist comes out and he looks up and they're oak trees and so out here in the east we can't prune oaks and unless they're in dormancy mm -hmm. I, my timing should have been when he came out early in the season before everything was leafing out i should have had him take yeah. a look then too and so now i'm yeah. now i have to wait until all the way we get into winter before we can get this work done so <laughs> Dash, you're hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> Timing is, there's another, there's so in Portland, Portland has a lot of elm trees actually. And of course they're really susceptible to Dutch elm disease. And Portland is really strict on the timing of pruning. You can prune on any elm tree. And it's, and I am, I'm actually at fault of this. I had a client that we, we had a big storm. His elm tree got beat up pretty bad. And, you know, just because we're dealing with so much storm work, his job got pushed out and we can't prune elm trees from, I think it's April 15th to, to September 15th. You can't touch them. And uh, it was like April 17th when we finally were able to like, we can do this now. And then, Oh no, we, we missed it. We missed it by two, by two days. And so we have to wait, you know, he's like, well, put me on the books for September 16th because you know, the timing is really important. They take the Dutch elm disease really serious here. Well, and in my situation where I, I, you know, I 
often say on the podcast, I live in an oak forest. And so oak wilt is a serious concern for me. And it's the same thing. You know, I'm glad that Vince came out and said, we've got to wait. We can't do it now because I wasn't even thinking about that because it was like, there's some dead branches and stuff, but I'm glad I had an expert tell me not, not to do it now. Okay, Dash, we'll pick this up next week. I can't wait to hear what else is on your list. Hey, thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. It was, it was very enjoyable. Remember to tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. As always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>